It's time to remember why we turned to photography in the first place. The pure joy of taking a photo for the sole purpose of just taking a photo. Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast. This is Antonio. And this is Ward. Hey, Ward. And this is episode 136 for the end of May, May 2021. You don't seem certain. <laughs> I, you know, I'm always wondering about, like, I, it's like, it's, I post the, the show up on Podbean and yep. it tells me I have like 139 episodes. And I said, there's, I, I said this before once, so there's like three lost episodes someplace. <laughs> Lost so episodes. Never, yeah, I'm, I'm never sure that, but I, I'm pretty sure I'm trying to go along with the the numbering system I have. But yeah, 136 episodes. So yeah, 136 end of May. So uh, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. We had a warm day today. It got up to, it did get up into the 70s Fahrenheit. So that was that was a coup. It was better than I thought it was going to be. Really? Yeah, yeah. It got up to close to 90 here. So <laughs> you win again. I know it. It's 90 and then it's going to go down to 55 tomorrow or something oh. like at some point tomorrow. I'm looking at the, the weather thing and it's like, it goes down and I was like, you're gonna need, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. Um, I didn't set up my air conditioners yet. So anyway, but, but it, what's funny is that I'm in this room, right? And I got all the computers going and I got to close the window to record the show. Yeah. And so it gets a little stuffy. In <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's been, uh, I know since our since the last show, you know, I went off on my own on the last show, so I know you were you were yeah. busy, and That's so good. yeah, and like, like I said, I, I was doing a uh, uh, my plan was to do um, a uh, dispatches from Greenwood, and I walked around and I actually talked for however long, and I got home and there was this there was this like this there was like this sound <laughs> every time I was walking, I was talking, <laughs> and I was like, "That's not going to make it." No. <laughs> so, so I re-recorded everything. Dispatches from Greenwood, the corduroy edition. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it was. And yeah, so uh, so yeah, so I missed you last month, those, but uh, I know we're going to do this on and off, and I get to do a few shows by myself because you're a working guy and I'm just a bum. <laughs> so far, we'll see. Yeah, no, no, we'll see, we'll see. But uh, yeah, so uh, uh, today's show is. Um, we have a, a fun guest on, uh, and I guess you want to introduce him? Uh, yeah, his name is Alex Kilby. He has uh, a YouTube channel called The Photographic Eye, uh, if I remember correctly. And uh, really looking forward to this conversation. I think it was quite, uh, I use the word coup again, I think it was great for us to get him. Uh, I know you sent him a message and he responded. And Yeah, yeah, I was really we happy to that... book this talk. So Yeah, he was very open to... Yeah, a guy with an interesting background, loves to chat, and uh, yeah, I couldn't be happier. I think, you know, I think it's uh, going to be one of our best shows yet. Yeah, yeah. So let's, uh, without any further chat from us, let's get right into it. Uh, joining us on the on Street Shots today is uh, Alex Kilby from uh, YouTube channel The Photographic Eye. Alex, thanks for joining uh, Ward and me today. 
How's it? How's it? Well, thank thank you for thank you for having me. Yeah, we really Trademark greeting. Trademark, Trademark greeting. Yeah, I was I was hoping to to get that. Yeah, tell us where the how's it comes from again. I know it's on your show, but uh... Uh, so I was I was born in the UK, but I moved to South Africa when I was uh, sort of nine. And there's lots of like anywhere in the world, lots of colloquial terms. And um, how's it is just a, a greeting in South Africa. It's nice. Hey, how are you doing? And and I like to wear those those terms like a little familiar coat so here in the uk mm -hmm. nobody says it and and it just felt natural i sat down in front of a camera and went hey how's it yeah. <laughs> waving to my one 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 subscriber it was just you know, uh, and so that's that's kind of where it came from yeah yeah well uh well thanks for joining us today appreciate uh, you being able to spend some time with ward and me on the show it's it's absolutely my pleasure yeah so uh i you know the first little quick history. I mean, uh, you have. I found you, uh, as probably a lot of people have during, uh, you know, our lockdown and watching a lot of YouTube. And um, mm -hmm. I found your channel quite compelling. The photographic guy, because you were talking about um, photography, the way uh, Ward and I like to talk photography. And before we get into the depth of the YouTube channel, I just wanted to go through some of your your background. Um, because as I was listening to one of your shows, and I re realized I, how much um, I uh, resonated with your, uh, you know, your photographic upbringing. So I will just want to go into like, um, if you can just sort of recast that a little bit. Uh, you went to photography school, um, where again? Can you tell us a little bit about like your rise into photography? Yeah, sure, sure. The uh, basically, I, I suppose it, it sounds like a cliche, but I, I've been interested in photography since I was quite young. My Scottish grandfather was very much a keen amateur photographer, uh, and my dad was quite into photography. So there was always sort of cameras around when I was I was growing up, and and it was something that I had a a passing interest in. I wouldn't say I was. I didn't have a drive to do it. And then when I was in high school in South Africa, um, in those days, this is the early, early, early 90s, there was still conscription going on. So if you if you left high school, you had to go to the army. And, mm. and I didn't really fancy doing that. So an option was to go and study. And fortunately, my, my school marks and stuff was so bad that I couldn't actually get into university. So I looked around going, what can I do? What can I do to not go in the army? And photography was an option. And they said the magic words, which were, you don't need any actual special subjects at school. <laughs> so I put together a, a, um, a portfolio, did the application process. They, they accepted me. Um, and yes, I went to go and study for three years at Pretoria Technicon Photography School, which is, which is in South Africa. And, and that was, I think, a fairly traditional sort of school. The 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 aim I, I believe would be to create commercial photographers. Mm -hmm. So this being sort of you know the nineties stuff. So th there was a heavy leaning towards um, sort of product photography, architectural, um, a lot of photojournalism as well, uh, which is which is an interesting mix. Um, and but definitely the, I think the goal was to create to build a, a set of skills. Uh, that you could then go and assist somebody. So that fairly traditional route into, into professional photography. Um, so that was kind of where where th th this real passion for photography sort of started coming up. I realized I was actually 
fairly good at it. I enjoyed a lot of the stuff that they were teaching us, like the history and, and the background of photography that you generally don't tend to get, I think, if you learn photography by yourself or through a book. And that's kind of where that seed of what has ultimately become the photographic eye w was planted. You know, I, I, I owe a great deal of, of debt to my lecturers and one of whom is, is still friends with me on Facebook. And he is very, uh, he's very proud of what I've achieved with, with the channel. So that makes me feel a lot better also for being such a slack student yeah. at art school. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of, so that, so that's kind of where that, that whole, that, that journey came to. And after I left, photography school I did go and work um doing some assisting jobs uh, and over the years I've had various you know sort of career paths in photography uh, and the last 12 years or so since I've been back in the UK I've been running a family portrait studio up here locally so that's kind of been my focus has been um sort of family portraits which is it's nice and it's and it's good you know for for them it, it's something that we're creating that is a lasting you know a lasting um I, I don't want to say like a like a heritagey sort of thing for them but it, it's something of importance um which i quite like which I, I feel occasionally as a commercial photographer you're not you're creating a product to be used and then sort of discarded so there's, there's it's it, it sometimes i think family portraits might get a bad rap but mm -hmm. it's it, ha it has it definitely has its place yeah yeah to go back to your schooling uh were you there was it a three or four year um university for you it was a three-year course. Three years, yeah. Um, yeah. And when you said that, when you when you were talking about school, I resonated with that because um, I actually went to a technical high school and I learned a lot. I went to technical high school for photography. So the way you were describing it, like mm -hmm. getting set up for the commercial world, you know, you're getting prepped yeah. to, to learn this technical skill, photography, and, you know, not going out, like coming out like a plumber, but, you know, in that same sense that like, you're learning all the mechanical skills and stuff like that um that was my my high school and college i ended up learning more about the like the history of it but uh um i was uh, when i was listening to one of your videos about your 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 days in school that uh, you sort of said that uh, you had regretted uh not taking full advantage of of uh some of what you were doing in college uh in university excuse me um and uh, this is a long-winded way, but like one of the first things I did when I was in college was was they had a history of photography class. Uh, it was a lecture, and uh, the the um, uh, the text for that was a Beaumont Newhall book called I think it was the History of Photography, which I still have, and that soundly put me to sleep. <laughs> and 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 you yeah. know, fast forward to now, and all of what's going on, and what you're doing, and what a lot of like what board and I are doing and really sort of revisiting that history of photography. I, I regret for me not, you know, having enough coffee back then and paying attention or being as excited. So you were talking about that. What are the, what were some of the regrets that you had in school that you didn't take advantage of that you're sort of re you're finding out now about? The, I think the biggest regret, and this is, this is, you know, one of the, the main issues that always one of the main cliches that comes up is that, that youth is wasted on the young. And that, that was very much a thing. I, I was, I was full of myself. I thought I was so, I knew exactly what I wanted. And, and photography school was just a means to, to one end. I wanted to be a music photographer. I think uh, I wanted to be many things, but a music photographer um, stood out. And, and I, I was so convinced that I knew better 
than everybody else that you know i knew a little bit so you know you know that kind of that 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 um that graph of uh of dunning kruger effect <laughs> that was yeah. the thing so i i look back on it at the time i kind of went oh it's it's you know what do the lecturers know if they really knew anything about photography then they would be out doing it you know this sort of if you can't do, you know those who can't do teach and and i was very much of that opinion of of these guys and it was only latterly once uh, maybe about five six years afterwards that i realized that how unique that experience had been that not everybody went through it because of the time that was my experience and that was my worldview so i assumed that everybody mm. did that and and of course that's not not the case and it's only hindsight that makes you see that that the experience that you had is unique and and how much opportunity that you had to do things you know we had all and i'm not a big fan of, of gear per se but we had access to all the gear that we wanted we had access to both color and black and white darkroom so we could do anything we wanted to try we could do the lecturers would be quite happy to um you know to make up specialist chemistry or help you to make it and of course i don't know if you've seen the john hedgeco manual of photography which is a quite a thick textbook in the back of that there's recipes for all sorts of developers for you know for, mm. for for black and white especially and never made enough effort to actually do any of that because it's chemistry and it's boring you know uh, why, would, why would we bother so so i regretted not exploring all the avenues that obviously as an adult or as a working photography you don't have the time to do you know it, it, I, I spent so much time playing pool and <laughs> you know, just my pool game became quite good uh, but but i should have spent more time doing doing the work the the assignments i think you know if memory serves we probably had about a month for each practical assignment and it would be a case of okay fun and i've got i've got three point nine weeks of playing pool and mucking around and I could just do the assignment on a day and that would be, you know, and it, it was sort of fine. So it was kind of those sort of things that I regret. So, so rather than, you know, doing some work, taking it to the lecture and say, what do you think? How could I improve on this? How could, you know, all those sort of things. I didn't make full use of having the ear of a number of people who knew a lot and, and were not like a lot of people who present themselves online these days as experts wanting to push me in a direction that they wanted they were quite happy to put to 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 guide you in the direction that they felt was right for you as a photographer mm. and i think that that's something that's so missing today and that's a, a big regret that uh you know that i i didn't make full use of of their knowledge and their support and i just kind of went through being full of bravado and and you know just and and just <laughs> wasting in, in retrospect three years although fortunate as, as i now i'm seeing uh it wasn't all wasted because obviously something was was something must have gotten through my thick head yeah something stopped, um, yeah. No. And, yeah and 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 it's only now of course some 30 odd years later almost that we're seeing the fruits of that you know the right. the, the history and all those sort of things that like you said there were the snooze fests at the time <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know why? Why are we learning? Why are we learning about? Uh, you know, um, sort of the, the old photographers, the boring people. <laughs> you know, I want yeah. to learn about the new, exciting things. Um, but of course, you realise that we are not photographers. 
don't create things in a vacuum or no artists do <laughs> nothing is original nothing just springs fully formed you look at the great photographers all of them looked at the people who went before them and and drew stuff from them and at the time when you think oh this is boring this is history this is the nonsense i didn't want to know at school and you kind of just dismiss it you don't see the point of, of why you're reading about you know Nietzsche and, and daguerre and all that sort of stuff and, and it's only now that you realize that they are they are pioneers in in a in a, in a of a road that we're walking along as well and without them and without their foundations and everybody who came after them we wouldn't have what we have which is which is this beautiful wonderful uh what would you sort of say you know this, this kind of creative outlet this medium that allows me to express myself as as an artist in a way that i could never hope to do with with a pen or or some some paint brushes or what have you and and we have so much to be thankful for them mm -hmm. It, in that uh, in that vein, are you? Um, how do you feel that uh, there are fewer photographers um, like like us uh, who um, you know didn't take the path of going to you know high school at university to learn photographer? They're sort of sort of dropping in in the middle of it, and and uh, so their their education is a little bit more haphazard. It's a little bit of this, it's a little bit of that, it's a little YouTube, it's a little you know. Um, podcast it's a little bit of this uh it, on the one hand it's good for us you know like a podcast like this show and, and your youtube channel because we're able mm. to to we have a place to we maybe have an audience and people to listen to it but on the other sure. hand yeah. um it's like a risk of fragmenting uh like the photography community where their conversations could be more one way like where we're talking to people uh, who didn't have a formal education? Did you find? How do you feel about that? That uh, that I think there's less and less people who are who are doing photography. There's more and more photographers today than I think when you and I uh, on Ward were young. Mm -hmm. uh, just sure. the nature yeah. of you know the cameras and stuff like that. But the the learning of it, uh, and like I might be like almost crazy about this. Like just like you, like my earlier days in school, it's like I didn't pay attention enough or take advantage enough, and now I'm mm -hmm. like. You know, yeah, yeah, those are things that I'm sort of revisiting, but I find that the um, sort of the levels are are we're, we're we're like this a little bit, and I don't mean one is higher than lower. It's just like we have conversations with people who like I didn't know about Irving Penn, I didn't know about uh, Sally sure. Man, you know, and like how do we how do we reconcile yeah. that? So how do you feel about that in general? It's it's interesting, you know, that you you talk. There's there's I think there's two parts to that. There's this idea that there are more photographers now than there ever were before, and I think, on one hand, that is true. You know, that everybody has a camera phone these days, and what so it's so it's been like with with um, George Eastman, with the, obviously with the the brownies and stuff. It's this second popularization of, of photography or the, the democratization of photography where everybody is able to take a picture easily. I didn't bring mine. Yeah. Mine's um, upstairs. So, it, <laughs> so, so in, in, in one respect, there are a lot of photographers, but I think this has always been the case. It's just now we are more aware of it, obviously, because there is a platform also for all of these photographers to 
reach a wider audience, which obviously pre-internet that did not exist. You you re you reach the audience of your family and maybe a camera club. So you know, so so on one hand, you know, it, it's I don't think it's a major. It, that's certainly not the, the I think the reason why photography finds itself in, a, in an odd position right now. Certainly from a learning perspective, that there's a flood of too many people. One of the things that has come up in conversation when I talk to a, a professionals who have been around longer than I, so people in their kind of their 50s and their 60s and, and their 70s, who quite often hark back to the, the glory days of photography, when you could take a month-long trip to, to Africa and, and have all expenses paid and then come and buy a new house in London uh, off the proceeds of, of everything. Um, and, and they... they they complained that it was all these photographers taking away the work. And, and that's obviously a whole other discussion. But I think at the root of, of this problem is the fact that so many of those photographers didn't grasp fully the opportunities that the internet and, and, and this democratization of photography uh, offered. Just like the music companies with with iTunes and stuff were very reticent to allow somebody else to distribute their music, and they suffered because of that. I think a lot of older photographers were were not sure how to pass on their skills, or they felt threatened um, of of passing on a skill, so they didn't. And they they there was so a vacuum was created for people who were younger and who didn't have that hurdle. Or that 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 issue mm -hmm. to fill that vacuum and say, look, this is this is what I learned two year in my two years of being a photographer. This is what I have learned, and I'm now going to share it with you. So we've had this kind of this this progression of of people learning photography and, and learning about it. And I hesitate to word, use the word properly, but in right. in a in a more structured, in a formal set, way, yeah, yeah, more formal sort of way, and then being taught as an assistant. The, the nuts and the bolts of being a photographer, of learning the visual language of, of, of you know, of being, you know, of, of always improving. So mm -hmm. there was this lovely, lovely curve. Do, 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 do. It was going up, it was going up. And digital came along. And it's a bit like if you look at the GDP curve from, from um, you know, so recently, it just falls off a cliff in terms of the people growing up or, you know, learning. And so somebody jumped in and went, well, we're going to teach you. So, so all of a sudden, this, this, fairly smooth path, fractured. And we've got people now who are personalities first and foremost, and let's say photographers second, teaching photography, because there is a there is a huge pool of people who now want to learn photography. And, and, and that's great. It, it's fantastic. I love the fact that everybody has an interest in photography. I mean, why, why wouldn't we? But we do need, I think, before it, before time runs out, we need to make sure that at least some of what, uh, I'm not going to say the older generation, which is a terrible, a terrible thing to say. No, no, but, no. Yeah, we're getting there. Yeah, yeah. We're getting there. Yeah. But, the, you know, but the, it's, it's, it's like I feel like we're about to go into a dark age, possibly, where, possibly, where the, yeah. Yeah, the, the, where the, the knowledge that was accumulated – disappears and is lost because it's not being passed on for any reason and that the, the photography is going to be a thing of what paul hill called lollipop photos um mm. which were you know just it's a photo you, you 
put in your mouth, go, mm, that's nice. And then you forget about it. And that's very much an Instagram um, yeah. kind of thing where people create images to satisfy a, 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 a little a little hit, a little rush of adrenaline or something. So somebody goes, like, 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 and then it's lost. Right. And so we're going to have all these these images that are, are they're shot wide open. They've got like full on contrasty odd colors with neon and, and stuff like that. And we're going to lose the subtlety of, of photography, the, the subtlety of the, the, the print, you know, whether it's film or, or, or digital, that it's, it, it will all just disappear. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, I, I worry about that. And that's kind of why one of the reasons why I, I felt <clears throat> the need to, to start the photographic eye was that I understood that I, I won't say I know have an, ex, an encyclopedic knowledge because I certainly don't, but I have a knowledge that I think goes beyond what a lot of people have in photography. And, I, and I'm sure that could be said of, of people like yourselves as well. And I want to share that. I want to share it with people and to say to them, look, there is another option. There is more to this art form. There's more to this medium than just finding the fastest lens, shooting it wide open and mm-hmm. some piece of eye candy that's going to get you some likes on on Instagram. Yeah, I, I find it interesting um, what you have uh, in your niche, if you want to call it that, um, what appeals to me a lot about your channel is you seem to be almost pleading with your viewers to, uh, to look after their mental health. You know what I mean? Uh, and I think that I find that, but I, you don't get that anywhere else, you know, and you're like, uh, because you did cover, and I've forgotten the name of the photographer who took his own life, and you were reviewing, you know, a, a, a photo book of his, and, and you know, was, and you, you were chasing down that, that exact point about, um, not not going after the likes you know losing yourself in mm. something outside um I, I as a viewer i really find that you know refreshing and comforting when i'm going through you know the gear reviews and all the other stuff and all the you know the fire hose of information with respect to photography and i'm in it like i'm i'm all about you know, yeah. as much information as you can cover but this is the i mean you're your channel is kind of, is certainly an oasis. I put you and Alex Soth in this kind of, this is an appreciation of what's going on. It's not, yeah. it's not counting the, you know, the individual degrees of things or, you know, what the bokeh is, what color the, you know, how creamy the bokeh is and all that sort of thing. So I was wondering if, if there was um, something in your background that fed you into that kind of point of view and that need to have that kind of, to present yourself in this kind of, I'll call it emotional and philosophical um, um, style that you have on the channel. And I'm just wondering if there's something in your background, if you know the experience of growing up in South Africa, or it was, or or what is it? What is it in your personality? Where do you think that that kind of fountain came from? It's interesting that you 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 mentioned. I think I think the person you were thinking of is possibly Bob Carlos Clark. Yes. Um, yes. Was it the one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, Bob Carlos Clark. And at that, yeah, at that point, my wife did say, maybe you want to do some photographers who haven't ended up killing themselves. Because <laughs> 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 I did Dion Arbus, um, the, the one episode before that, and I, and yeah. she says it, it's going to be just morbid. Um, <laughs> it's 
it's interesting you talked about the, the looking after mental health. That's that kind of I don't know if it comes from a necessarily a, a specific place. It's always been something that I have felt sort of keenly, I think just within my own personal experiences, uh, that I like to, you know, I've always wanted to help people. Um, per se. And, and I have struggled with um, self-esteem issues, uh, you know, confidence issues, um, all these sort of things throughout my life. And, and a lot of that translated into my photography. There was a period for probably about sort of 10 years or so where I, I really battled with, with imposter syndrome. Mm. And, and I felt that I wasn't, I wasn't fulfilling my potential and I was aware of the imposter syndrome thing, but I was also trying to find the solution by looking in the wrong places. Mm. I was trying to create imagery to please the masses. So this was when I was, I was just, I'd, I'd moved, I'd returned back to the UK uh, and I was doing a combination of weddings and, and portraits. And, and one of the things, certainly with moving to a new country, I, looked around and I threw out everything that had made my own photography unique in an effort to please what I thought local people wanted. You know, so, so uh, if you look at wedding photography throughout all different countries, you know, wedding photography in North America looks very different to European photog wedding mm -hmm. photography. And so, um, and so I was chasing this dragon of trying to please other people. And I spent 10 years sort of going, <sighs> I, I don't feel fulfilled, not necessarily, but I kind of I felt something felt off mm. and, and that I wasn't doing something. And, and the more that I thought about it after a time, the more that it made me unhappy and the more that it made me not like photography. I think, you know, I think in this day and age, it's almost verboten for, for somebody to say, I don't actually like what I do, <laughs> you know, mm. especially when you work in a creative endeavor. Yeah. Uh, that that somehow this is this is the, the the golden chalice being being paid to take photographs or, or paint or what have you, is, is is wow how could you not like that? And the truth yeah. is, if you're not doing something that you like doing, then of course you're going to like it. As, and and people tend to lump all photographers in together that we are all just because we have a camera and able to take a picture that we we would just be as happy taking a picture of a child being sick on the floor, <laughs> little, yeah. little baby, um, as we were doing a rock concert. They're not, you know, they, they, people tend to think this is, it's all, all the same. Have camera, will travel, you know, right. it, it, sort of thing. And, and that's where I want people to realize that having other people like your work, like your photography, is not why you should be doing this. Right. And, and I fell down that rabbit hole for a long time that, that I thought the only validation for me as a photographer was if people paid me money. So mm -hmm. I kind of I boiled it down to that most base of things. Um, and it took me a long time to realize that. And I, I was fortunate enough to realize it because I was forced to continue taking photographs because I don't really have any other skills to fall back on. It, it, when I was a student, right. I worked in, in a theater, but, but nothing that I could then go, well, I'm going to pivot into a new career it was take photographs or go and stack shelves in the supermarket right and and uh, you know sorry yeah you, you were gonna say. no that's no that's fine and, and and i i find it interesting that you say that you made this 
this change when you move back to the UK. Um, mm. But going back to the the South African experience, are there? I mean, I know that you said you were kind of a slacker as a student and so on, but is there a, a cultural? And I have to think there is a cultural influence or something about the personal work that you were creating, even at school while you were doing stuff that was non-assignment, if you were doing stuff that was non-assignment that you carry with you and that maybe perhaps that you've rediscovered or that comes out in your commercial work, or is it just kind of, um, is it just kind of a a dormant thing? It's, Interesting. There's, there's, I think, there's lots of parallels between, say, North America, especially, and, and South Africa, and and one of those is this kind of this ability to just, if you like, if you want to do something, just do it. You know, mm-hmm. it, there, there's nothing. There's no s- social or societal norm that says you can't do X, Y, and Z things at, at a very basic level, and and there's no people saying that, that you, there's no them with a capital T. Mm. who are critiquing you from afar and expecting you to do a certain thing. So if you want to go and do whatever type of photography in South Africa, then you go and do it. it you know, so would it, when it, you know, you can just have any old approach to things and, it, it, and nobody's going to really give you too much of a hard time. Whereas here in the UK, and, and I can I can hear the knives getting sharpened already. Um, I feel that there are there's as as a as a culture, there are defined boundaries. You say, well, this is the way it's always been done, so you you shouldn't work outside of those boundaries. And I think that's just probably because of the age of the country. And so now I see when I give myself the freedom that I had of expression. As, as a youngster growing up in South Africa, where I didn't feel that there was somebody who's always over my shoulder saying, this is wrong, you shouldn't do it this way because this is the traditional way of doing things, that there's certainly a lot more freedom now. And I see that in my, in my, uh, in, in my commercial portraiture for, sort of work where I'm a little bit more sort of fluid, a little bit more kind of outside the box, as, as it were, um, in, in that regard. And I find that quite refreshing now that I've re-embraced that and, and, and sort of thrown off the shackles of tradition, yeah. <laughs> if you want to call it, call, call it that. Um, but, but that's that's something you see it's yeah. so often, especially in family portraiture, is there, so there are people say, well, you must do it this way. And you see that also in, in, in North America with the, um, with the, the, the more formalized outside portrait you know mm-hmm. let's let's pose everybody in triangles and it has to be this and it has to be that and 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 what have you and having a little bit more sort of freedom to operate outside of those those constraints i think can give everybody's photography a, a much needed shot in the arm you have to take that chance to step outside mm-hmm. and see 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 what happens yeah. You know, you mentioned that when you got out of school that you went and assisted uh, photographers uh, or a photographer. Uh, how much, um, first of all, what kind of photography w- were they doing that you were assisting? What kind of work? So uh, that was a, I was a commercial photographer who uh, just did a bit of everything, mm-hmm. really. So, um, you know, product stuff, some fashion-y sort of stuff, um, uh, car launches, 
things of that nature. So yeah, kind so of a very the board broad commercial. spectrum. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, in you know, here the the a path for photographers to come out of school, or at least it was <clears throat> when I was growing up, it, and become uh, you know either work find a work in a photography related business or become a photographer assistant. Um, I myself chose, I ended up working at a photo agency um, called the image bank. It was a um, stock photography agency, but a lot of my friends ended up the path that you did um, going, assisting a photographer and, and staying with them for a while and becoming sort of, um, you know, not influenced by them, but you know, the, the, uh, uh, why am I losing words in the morning? Um, <laughs> uh, you know, the, uh, oh my gosh, the more I think about it, the more it's going to drive me crazy. The, uh, not assistant. What, what, Lord, help me with the words. What are you doing when you're, you're, um, oh my God, this is what happens I, I, when you I, get I, old. Don't get old. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't get old. I can't believe so this. So basically, I'm, yeah. So you're sort of saying, uh, 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 mentor. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Apprentice. 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 Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a block on that word. Words word, word speak not good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that apprenticeness yeah. a ship, you know, you ended up becoming uh, like a mini me of that photographer, you know, like, um, sure. and that could be good or bad. I mean, it, it, you know, if you're, you, you resonate with what the photographer is doing, and then, yes, you branch off and you do sort of a version of what, uh, of what they're doing. Well, anyway, uh, do you, have you found that your work, uh, in your your portraiture and stuff like that has been influenced or any of your work influenced by those early days working with uh, photographers, commercial photographers as assistants? In regards to my actual photography, no, I don't see that there's too much of of an influence. Um, possibly because the the person who whom I uh, sort of assisted. Uh, I don't want to say that they were old-fashioned, but they were, certainly weren't cutting edge. So, the, so the, their their work was solid and it was proficient and mm -hmm. and what have you. But it wasn't anything groundbreaking, you know. It was it's it is what it is. Um, what I did learn from that, though, which they didn't teach us at photo school, and which I think a lot of photographers who aspire to be professionals completely miss out on from from not having this experience, is how to deal with clients, how to treat photography as a business. Um, and 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 to be professional, uh, you know, it, it, in in its in it, in, it, in its proper sense of of you know of behaving professionally. Sorry, I, I can see people are going to moan now because that's not the proper definition of professional. Um, but but being professional, you know, that you you are now assisting a photographer who has been working for a number of years, and you see how he deals with clients. You see how he deals with with mistakes. Like when his assistant prints 600 postcard photographs and then doesn't replenish the fixer. Mm. <laughs> in the, and you may hear the voice of experience in that. Um, <laughs> you know, um, so, so it's things of that nature. You know, so you, you pick up how to, how to, how to behave in, in a manner that people expect. And, and that's certainly something that I feel is, is lacking when people go, okay, well, I've gone and done a mentorship course, or I've gone for a weekend course on how to be a wedding photographer, or I've done this, or what have you. And they teach you, here's to take some pretty pictures, here's do this, and here's to do that. Um, and here's a sample price guide for you to use, and, and all that sort of thing. And, and they're not teaching how to be a photographer. They're teaching how to take photographs. Mm -hmm. They're not teaching you how to be somebody 
who can create this on demand for someone and and make them happy enough that they're going to give you some money for it which is i suppose if you want to be professional that's the end result so in that regard i think an apprenticeship or mentoring with somebody is 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 vital and i really wish that if there were more younger photographers who do want to pursue being a professional that they would spend more time asking questions of photographers that are that rather than like what exposure did you use on this picture you know Mm -hmm. that that stuff you can learn in a book but you can't learn to be you can't learn to be a a person who people want to deal with in a book and and that's the the main benefit that i got from from being an assistant is is all of that and I just, I just wish more people, I wish more older photographers were more amenable to letting younger people see past the curtain. To, to you know, this is the holding you on. Still, you feel that's still a, a thing, the holding on, because that's when I was, like I said, I was in a photo agency, and so my photographers who I dealt with were the kind like, well, I'm not going to tell you where that secret location is because I don't <laughs> want you going or any other photographer going and taking pictures. Now, of course, it's very competitive, but there was a lot of – there was that secretiveness. Of course, there was a few photographers who, who broke those boundaries, and I remember them today for the – I'll remember those photographers for the rest of my life. So the, the kind that you're talking about, you wish – some of those people, but it's, you still feel it today that, that there's that, the, the curtain is still drawn. Um, in, in some respects, I think at, at a, at a, at a higher level, maybe not so much people, I, I believe the photographers who feel confident and they understand, I'm talking about the working photographers now who, um, at a certain level, they say, they go, well, I'm, people come to me because they want to come to me, for example, like they don't mm-hmm. want, so they haven't gone through yellow pages and looked up. So photographers have a reputation, are happier to share things because they already are established. Photographers who understand also that there is a difference, we, that we can all stand around the same person. We can all stand around the same tree and take photographs and we will all interpret it differently. You know, just because I've taught you or you taught me or whatever, doesn't mean that we're going to end up in the same result this is the beauty of the art form is we all see things differently and, and, and that will appeal to different people at the lower level where we're sorry, if anybody who's a family portrait photographer and I am, I, sorry, I, I didn't mean to say lower in a disparaging uh, sort of way, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but at, at this kind of the, this sort of the bottom of the pyramid where there's a lot of people, there is, I think this reluctance to share anything as a, because they're all secrets and that if i give you my pricing structure that is the only thing that's separating me from you right because right. they stay all they they tend to think that the photography is is a, is of kind of secondary importance and it's it's the stuff the secret source the the, the, the pricing and and the words that i use on my website and this is all a, a, a thing of i just i just wish people wouldn't do it these people who sell these buy my pricing structure and get clients that you deserve and stuff. And it's not, yeah. it's that. So there's these snake oil people selling this stuff. And I don't know there's maybe a bold statement, but I, I do think, I think anybody who's been in business a few years and is flogging price guides and the like is preying on, on people who, who, who are, they're looking for guidance. They're looking for solid 
advice and and you don't build a business because you have a price guide you right. build a business because of the other things but there is yeah i don't know it, it's we could talk for hours so i look up you know you know, look at your website and and notice that you're you're located in the country right you're out you're yeah. out of town um that's usually that's a conscious choice people definitely make a choice to live out in the country and i'm just wondering well did you have a home studio what is your what's your what's no, your setup I, um so so my setup it's it's a um it's a renovated barn studio so it's about 400 square feet i think 450 square feet some something in that that nature um it's i recently i've primarily used it as a daylight studio um the, I, the light's not ideal because the window's in the wrong wall but i have a floor to ceiling window and the the, the, the studio itself is, is double volume mm-hmm. um so so i have a nice big it's about eight feet wide so let's say eight feet by about 12 feet so it's a decent lump of of window um and it's frosted as well which is result (laughs) so so nice nice sort of even like um it's just in the wrong wall it's can we just not rotate the studio (laughs) like a little bit um so so that's kind of my setup um i i at the time when i took on the studio we didn't have space at home for Mm. uh, for a um for a home studio and so i thought well I'll, i'll get a studio and I'll, I'll set it up, you know, and it will be right. And and there's there was a couple of reasons for that choice. There's one that it gets me out of the house. Well, physically I wasn't able to, but it, it did get me out of the house. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so there's, there's moving, moving through. The second part is, and it sort of loops back to what we were talking about earlier, about this, this perception of, of professionalness and, and people wanting to be photographers. And for better or worse, uh, and it's a sweeping generalization, but I believe now, certainly here in the UK, a lot of the public have this idea that a photographer is somebody who comes to them and they go to a park or whatever, or it's in their house or something like that, right. that, that a photographer does something else and they take photographs on the side. Right. I mean, right. if you walk into my studio, it's quite clearly a studio. You know, it's 400 and something square feet, which maybe for some people is not very big, but it's, you know, I've got 40, sorry, 50 inch samples on the walls and, and mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff. So it's set up properly. And I've had people walk in there and they will turn to me after I've done all this and I've gone through the spiel and stuff, you know, and, 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 and they had the whole session and they'll go, what's your real job? And it's like, well, <laughs> it, it's like this, this is um, I'm standing in it. Yeah, so you think this is a hobby, right? Yeah. This this studio that cost me, you know, a few grand a month just to run, you know, yeah. is 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 a hobby. That is, you know, and also we're in the middle of the week. What? So I just take time off work, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um. So um. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll I'll have the studio because it does lend, despite what I just said, an air of professionalism. It yeah. says to the the client is coming in. I am an actual business. I have a brick and mortar. You can trust yeah. me. I'm going to be here this is what you are likely to see, you know, or this, yeah. this is what your finished product will look like. And I am going to treat you professionally. And, and I'd like, you know, I'd like for that circle to, to be reciprocated. Right. Um, so that's kind of where it is in regards to, you know, to having the studio. And, and as I mentioned, I, I predominantly focus on 
um, sort of family and babies um, mm -hmm. for a variety of reasons. Um, though I would I would much rather do my own portraiture. Um, but mm -hmm. being out, this is one of the drawbacks of being out in the countryside. There, there is not there is no market for that. Um, right. Where where I am locally, um, you know. So that's so that has to be personal project. Right. Um, you know. So going back to you know your your style your presentation style and you know, youtube and 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 uh you know your air of professionalism which is totally cool um do you have you given workshops or does that kind of thing interest you of of um you know you know once this whole covid thing blows over you know sit down and have uh you know in a ballroom somewhere and and you know espouse your wisdom yeah. in person or is the youtube i mean i know you got a three-year-old at home so you're chained yeah, yeah. right now oh but... no, any excuse to get out of the house <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. um I, I, yes i have done some workshops uh in the past very low-key um sort, sort of things where i had um a couple of photographers come, come and watch me do some sessions and 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 especially because of the natural light thing um you have to sort of see how i work and and, and what have you and i i enjoy that very much uh you know that it's, it's nice and i it, and, and that's kind of one of the reasons why i initially thought about um you know the photographic eye is to to to, to teach people and I, I think antonio you mentioned earlier that there's a very one way Thing that, that YouTube and, and this online stuff can be I'm talking at you rather than with you and of course you workshops can be the same uh, but I, I am trying to make my certainly the, the photographic eye channel as talking with somebody having a conversation to sharing knowledge and, and rather than standing on on a plinth and 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 throwing down edicts on high and saying this is this is what you should do this is what you must do and you know and and if it, all those sort of things that a lot of i think a lot of photographers seem to do on on youtube but i would very much like to 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 be in a room with other photographers and you know and and talk photography i don't want to talk lenses and gear and stuff mm -hmm. which is you know, what tends to be when you're in a room of, of especially new photographers because that's all they kind of really understand but um i don't know if you're familiar with you know the aperture series of, of books and stuff yeah. sort of, you know yeah. and yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah so I, I think they were connected to aperture magazine i believe it's the same company yeah was yep. it yeah so yeah. we're back yeah. there. so i have a collection of aperture magazines from so the 1950s when minor white was the editor i believe and in one of those there's an advert for a 10-day seminar in colorado um at some sort of um uh some sort of hotel and they have a list of people that says these are the people who've been invited to talk at this thing right it says ansel adams <laughs> brett weston walker evans robert capper margaret burke white imogen cunningham so all these kind of names and <laughs> wow. it's like oh my gosh oh my god <laughs> yeah. like, where's the imagine? time machine yeah, and I, I know because my wife is like, "Oh, if you if you could get all those people to speak at your workshop, then you'd be." Right. <laughs> Just, um, but that's kind of and and that's what I, I I think ultimately what I if there could be a dream, a dream outcome 
to this kind mm -hmm. of thing, and obviously this is in a post sort of COVID world, is is something like that. That you get the, the you get those the, the the Ansel Adamses and stuff of the day, and we you sit in a room or you have a you know a, a hotel, and it's this it's a discussion rather than I'm going to stand up and I'm going to tell you how to create this picture using the lenses that you can buy on that stand. <laughs> over there you know with the yeah. background and stuff which which you tend to see at, at obviously at photo conferences where people are teaching techniques rather than discussing so that's kind of what i would i would love to have happen is some sort of a conference a, a seminar or something where people would have discussions about photography because i i find that when you when people talk about photography and we and we share our shared passions about the history of photography and stuff like that. It informs our own photography so much more. And this is sort of going back to this idea of standing on the shoulders of, of, of giants who came before yeah. us. Yeah. And this is, so my YouTube channel is one way of at least hopefully kick-starting those discussions. So that on the on the photographic guide, there are some people in the comments and, and over the, the, the course of, of, its, of its lifespan, that we're starting to have discussions. Obviously, the very nature of the thing is a bit, bit of a, bit of a drawback. Mm. But it would be lovely to just sit in a room, have somebody kick off, you know, sort of a a, a discussion. Say, maybe maybe give it like a twenty minute talk about who they are, what they do, and then have smaller things because who wouldn't want to sit and have? You mentioned about Alex Soth earlier. Yeah. Yeah. You know, his his YouTube channel is very conversational. And 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 discussing the more that you talk about your own love of photography, you 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 teach other people about things because you just happen to mention Urban Penn, you happen to mention this, or you you know, and and that I find is the best way to to discover things about photography. Well, here in Calgary, we have uh, uh, the the local camera store was organizing these beers and cameras, and so it used to be twice a month, and it went down to once a month. You just gather. At, and there'd be like a you know a mini pub crawl. You'd go to two two bars over the course of an evening, mm -hmm. and somebody would bring a photo book, or somebody would bring some ancient camera, or somebody would bring their four by five view camera and set it up in the freaking bar and take an amazing picture of you know. And, and it was yeah. just an excuse to get together and talk about oh this is the gear table. Well, another five minutes here, I'm going to get up and cart my beer over and go over to another joint, uh, to another table, and so on. And uh, I really miss that. So, and it feeds right in. It's people of all different experience levels. People are discovering it the first time. Uh, saw a young woman look through the top of a twin lens for the first time and was just, was entranced by, you know, the right side up, but backwards presentation <laughs> of the image. And like, how do you yeah. use this? And all that kind of rediscovering your own first few days you know your first exposure to things um and it and, and even you know not even in a commercial context just in a we're here to just talk about photography and nothing else yeah it's, Ward, as you're, it's as amazing you're saying that i'm i'm getting i'm <laughs> my eyes are watering a little bit because <laughs> it's beginning to sound and i don't mean this in a bad way but like you know the when the these days are are going this way and today yeah. we have Right now we're looking at each other on Zoom because mm -hmm. we want to see each other. Um, and are those days now past given the reality of what we're 
just dealing with now. I mean, there's going to be all this stuff about like, you know, is this person vaccinated? Are you wearing your mask? Is like, I think that's going to be some new reality. And are we going to be able to have a beers in camera kind of experience? Or um, Alex, as you sort of mentioned in one of your episodes, sort of like that group critique, are we going to be able to sit around again? Like even in forgetting COVID, just like this practical thing, are, are, are people going to want to get together anymore like this? Um, and how, through your YouTube channel, how do we, and maybe this podcast too, how do we encourage to get back to that? Because just of what you're saying, like it was sort of the impetus to making this podcast. My, my uh, original host, Tom and I, when we started this, we called it switch to manual because we were wanting to get people to learn how to shoot in manual uh, um, uh, camera settings. And, and it just evolved into this love of photography rather than, um, spending time with the technical, really just spending in the time with the why. And so how do we get people to move away from this, which is us sitting in our rooms with headsets on and webcams and back into what Ward was talking about and back into what you're talking about, Alex, how do we, how do we do that between us, you, me, Ward in our mediums and, and, and move away from this or use this to enhance that, you know, how, how are we going to do that? And that's a real question because I'm I'm yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. It, it, it if it's okay, I'd like to touch on something you mentioned. Then halfway through, you talked about you know you initially started a podcast called called uh, Switch to Manual, and to encourage people to to use manual settings, and and that kind of ties. If you go onto YouTube as a very broad thing, you just look for photography. What you're going to find is a bunch of people teaching you settings, teaching you quantifiable things because those are the easiest things to teach you don't need to have any background or, or knowledge about the history of photography or, or how to talk about photography in a, in a meaningful way so there's the flood of people teaching stuff you know do this do that and and follow this formula and, you, and it will work then also you have the money the monetary aspect of of this whole thing on youtube that views equal time watched and time watched equals money and it, and, it, and it boils down to that so there's so there's a proliferation of of people reviewing gear because they don't really know what else to talk about they don't know enough about photography to talk about it in a meaningful kind of way and that gets views because obviously there are people who want to buy gear it's a natural part of the thing i know i could be down on gear but it's for a new photographer it's kind of exciting it's a whole new sort of thing and you end up with people like um, Ted, and I'm going to say that Ted Forbes and his Art of Photography channel. I, I love that channel. I love when he talks about yeah. photography, when he when he sets his mind to talking about something that is the artistic side of photography and stuff. He is he's he's like my god of, of YouTube photography channels. But for whatever reason, obviously, he is he's free to make his own choices. He has also decided to include equipment reviews on, on there and and I, I don't think I don't presume to know his mind but I, I would imagine that finances have possibly something to do with that because he may have looked at his channel and go when I talk about gear I get more views and if I talk about so and so mm -hmm. then I don't get any views so he focused more on, on the views um, and, and went down that rabbit hole of, of lens reviews and this this kind of is, is sort of echoed in in a video that I watched, or oh, there's a channel, uh, T Hopper, I think I think she's called. Um, mm. uh, in, in, in 
she's here in the UK somewhere. Um, mm. Yes, yeah, so a tea hopper. Um, and, and she does videos that are sort of similar to mine. You know, she talks about photographers and, 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 and talks about photography in a meaningful way, although her focus is more on photography rather uh, photographers rather than the kind of the, the wider umbrella around there. Now, she did a video, which I think illustrates this greatly, about the photography of Jason Lee. So the actor slash skateboarder stuff. I, I believe now he is doing road trip photography. I don't have yeah. heard of that. But so in a couple of days, she got 25,000, 30,000 views on that video, which is a reasonable amount for, for a video about a photographer. But she also did a, um, a video about Elder and Thingamob Bracket. I, I, their names escape me, but they're the, the two Germans who photographed um, smelters and water towers and, uh, and Becker. things of that. Maybe. Yeah, Becker. Yeah, be yeah. Um, and that video, same channel, same subscriber base and everything, two and a half thousand views, right? So, you know, what what is she going to start leaning towards? Right. right. Um, she's going to start doing these these videos that get her more views, which I think is only natural as human to go to look at that sort of thing and i'm kind of drifting off topic slightly but the point i was trying to make is that none of this happens none of the in-person critiques and let's put put this to one side all of the the, the covid stuff because it won't be around forever it's, it's, it's impractical to think about these sort of things anyway um it won't happen if nobody has the the, the desire or the impetus to make it happen i think that that's kind of where it needs to be at the beginning it, you, and to start a YouTube channel or, or any sort of endeavor with the sole purpose of making money from it is going to be not doomed to failure, but it's going to go in the direction that we, we are sort of wanting to go in the opposite direction. So so having these roundtable discussions. Because if, if, if somebody wanted to start a, a business teaching photography, they're going to look at what people want to do and they want to look at gear. And so they're going to focus on, on that to say, let's have a, a, a you know, let's, ha let's organize some sort of international in-person critique thing. It's going to come down to a point like, how do we make money out of this? Cause if we don't make any money, what's the point of doing it? And that's kind of where I think a lot of these things fall flat is that there needs to be a, an altruistic, um, uh, motivation rather than a financial and this is this is the kind of thing so so i'm sort of sitting here with the photographic eye i have another business that allows me to do this mm -hmm. right uh plus i enjoy talking about this the sort of things so i'm able to sit and make videos that i want to watch what i wanted ted forbes to keep on making and fortunately i may i i'm able to both from a technical financial and educational standpoint, I can make them. So I think this is kind of where, you know, if we wanted to move this forward, if we wanted to re-engage those sort of things, then somebody at some point, uh, and and I don't want to hold up my hand and say, that would be me, <laughs> I will be the same with photography. Um, they, uh, people need to make these first steps, you know, and, and those first steps, they can't be based around money because Otherwise, it just it, it it's a non-starter. Right. It just inflates and, and inflates and inflates, and it sort of feeds on itself. And then we're we're back to the uh, 
people talking to other people. And <clears throat> you're you're not aware of this because we're just meeting for the first time, but Ward and I are part of a small group of photographers, a collective, as we called it. We called it the Unusual Collective, and there's six of us, uh, five or six of us. And what I found from that um, – uh, this this creation of this collective of photographers is first of all we we in a sense shut off the internet, even though we uh, we've ever some of us have not met in person. I've never met Ward personally. We were meeting this way, but I found that that even a small collection of five or six people who are thinking, you know, not exactly the same way, but we're we're we decided to be together. Um, and there's zero overlap in our styles. Like there's right. really, we don't, yeah. we're completely different, uh, you know, types of but, images. But that act of like regathering into small groups of people who want to shut off the world, right? Shut off the internet. Uh, we, we draw some information and inspiration from it. But when we talk to each other, we're really about sharing um, the, you know, opening the curtain, as you as would say, yeah. uh, uh, sharing all things, you know, photographic, personal, and becoming that sort of core group. And, you know, how to get back to that, how to encourage our listeners and our viewers to sort of like, hey, turn off Instagram for a month, you know, or don't do this one second per picture kind of thing. But, turn on the photographic eye, lo load up um, street shots and listen and absorb and, and try to bring the world back to something smaller, you know, uh, yeah. akin to what we might've had in school because school was a relatively yeah, yeah. small experience, you know? It, um, it is. Yeah. I mean, my photography school, I think across the three years, 50 students, maybe. You know, uh, I, I fully agree. With you. I think there needs to be that that environment, that creative environment, where it's not about learning everybody learning the same things, but it's about feeding off each other. You know, and and drawing all the inspiration from this this dialogue that you have around things that is is so it it is so helpful. In, in learning this language of photography, in, in, you know, not just visual language, but the 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 the, 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 the vibe of, of how 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 you are as a photographer, and and one of the things I've been, I'm encouraging people on the photographic eye to do in, in in one of my recent videos was, you know, looking at people who are focusing on making lens reviews and things because it's where the views are. It's like if you are, you know, if if you if you'd like a channel that talks, you know, about photography and in, 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 about more of the, the art of photography, then support that channel. I don't mean financially necessarily support the channel, you know, not join their Patreon or whatever, but be active, Co you know, comment on the things like the videos, subscribe to their channel, share that video, even if it's just to your, your Facebook group, you know, or wherever it's give, show that creator, show that channel that they are not, they're not banging their head against a brick wall, that they're not getting one or two views, you know, and, and to say, look, you know, I'm, I'm exceptionally lucky that for, for whatever reason, I started the photographic eye back in November and, and through to the beginning of March, a few hundred views, something like that, you know, it sort of tickled, trickled along, da, la, 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 la. 
the Wooden and Magleston video got some traction um, and stuff, but everything else was just kind of, you know, maybe a view a day or something like that. And then beginning of March, somebody threw a switch on YouTube and the, the ball started rolling and I was getting, yeah, that's getting when I discovered you, you showed up on my feed, on my YouTube feed. So, some, <laughs> yeah, you just, yeah. Yeah. You went, from, was, you went from like 1.5 thousand subscribers to 20,000 within like two I months, know. <laughs> which is fantastic. I and um, congratulations. I, I mean, that yeah. that's, thank, encur- thank that's you. so encouraging though. That's yeah. like what we're and, talking and, about. There, there's there's yeah, this desire yeah. for your voice and what you're saying, you know, yeah. Is, there is, is evidently yeah, there, yeah, yeah. There is evidently a a, a demand for for that thing yeah. out there, yeah. and and this is why you know, of course because and we're at like catch twenty two on YouTube that you you it's very hard to look for things that you don't know exist. So especially as somebody's learning photography, um, you know when you when you study photography you are given opportunities to learn about new people. So there's a lecturer saying look here you go look at these people and you have the you have the textbooks and you go through them if you go onto youtube to look for you're not going to go searching for Irvin Penn because you don't know who he is you never heard of him somebody might mention it so there's this catch-22 of like you know um i think there's a, a big swathe of people out there who don't know that there is ways of talking about photography ways of looking at photography uh ways of enjoying photography that go beyond this is a lens choice and this is f-stop and this is iso and the more that we encourage other channels and i i am under no illusions that i was extremely fortunate to get that that bump in in march for whatever reason to support the other channels who don't get those bumps but that we discover because the more that we look at their channels the more that we watch their videos and the more that we give it a like and we give it a comment and we said we are supporting that creator and say look I appreciate what it is that you're doing, mm. right? And that's kind of the thing. If if we at least just say to them, thank you for putting that out there. Thank you for giving me your opinion, your take on these things. You're not my competitor. You're not this other, you know, you're not, there isn't like a, you know, you don't have one view per day to give, right? You can mm-hmm. sit and yeah. watch videos yeah. all day. Yeah. So, so Ted Forbes, Sean Tucker, um, you know, Grainy Days, T Hopper, all these people, they are not my competitors. We are all looking at the same goal. The same, that goal is to help other people share our love for photography. And we all pass on our unique takes. And, and if all the channels started going, do you know what? Yeah, I'm not going to hold on to my audience. I'm not going to suggest they go anywhere else. Mm. Then, then we would be in a, I think, a far better position because otherwise we're in danger of that whole thing that happened in the real world of photography, which is all the, the established professionals saying, "I am not going to tell you my secrets because you're going to steal my clients." Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not stealing T Hopper's client uh, views. I'm not stealing uh, Sean Tucker's views. Sean Tucker subscribed to me. I'm hey, hey really? <laughs> um, yeah, I was like, hey, hello, Safa. Um, you know, but but that's the thing. We are working all in in the same place you know obviously i would love it for, for people to watch my channel more than others but you know but that's the thing i have a certain take on things ted has another take on things you know um sean has a, a different take they everybody has different things and that's what that's what that at the core of what's great about photography that is it 
everybody has a different take on on things and and i wish that we we just there was an environment where it was it was easier to say to everybody we are not competition with each other we are all pushing in the same direction and the more people who feel encouraged to do that the more that people feel supported to do that then then i think that's that's a step in the right direction and 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 that seems a perfect place to wrap this up and we've been um talking for an hour i I think we could talk to you for another hour and i hope you would um (laughs) decide that uh at some point we we could we can have you back on the show again i would love to talk more yes yes absolutely but but, but before we go the one thing that there's i got one really like important pressing question that i see you on youtube and i want to know what is that glowing orange thing behind you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it is, it is just out of focus enough that I, I'm like, what is that? It is, it is a, um, it's a little cat sort of uh, uh, stained glass. Thing. I guessed right. I thought it was a cat. I thought it was a cat. I mean, yes, I'm actually so focused. I'm so focused, uh, Alex, on what you're talking about, you know, the yeah. peripheral that's in the background, but I'm thinking like, there's some, I don't know what that is, you know, and yeah, <laughs> ah, okay. It's, it's not glowing now. It's no, yeah. It's, right. and I have, yeah, it's, um, no, it's, it's, it's a little cat that's, that's been around the house for, for years. And I just yeah, thought okay. I'll, I'll put, I'll put it in there just to annoy people. <laughs> <laughs> so they can go in the comments and say that. But the thing is, just Orange thing by your eyeliner is so annoying. Yeah, um, and I also just want to yeah. fi- finish up and say, since both of you guys are here, both of you guys uh, are responsible for me spending a ton of money on photo books. So uh, I, I blame both. Well, <laughs> I blame Ward more because I've known Ward a little bit longer. But Alex, you're yeah, up yeah. there because my my uh, my Amazon um, list is getting larger and larger, and I have to. Actually, that reminds me. I have an I have an important question to ask too about photo books. And mm. what is your ideal f- photo book reading scenario? Mm. Where where like you get a new photo yeah. book? Wh- what 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 time of day? Where do you you know do you, you, like for me? It's the dining room table. If everyone else has gone to bed or whatever, there's no music on. There's no television on. You sit down. You go through it maybe with a cup of coffee or whatever, and you go through it once, maybe put it away for a while, revisit it after a couple of months or whatever. What do I remember? What do I forget? I've got a whole, I got a whole ritual. Yeah. Um, certainly when the child's not around. Yeah. <laughs> so I, have, I have a three-year-old. I have, uh, yes. Yeah, so when he's not, not around. I, it, it's interesting. I tend to nowadays, uh, come up here into my into my YouTube studio, aka the spare bedroom, um, and and I have a nice view, which obviously the, I, our listeners can't see, but I will do that. So that's oh, kind wow. of it's just all, oh, nice. all fields and and stuff, um, and I'll put I'll put the book on on the windowsill here because it's nice and wide. Also, the, there's a load of light coming through, and not so much coffee or anything like that. I just, I'll go sort of have a look look through it, and I tend to do what I do. Um, at you know in a gallery it's kind of just flick through um quite quickly to see which which images are jumping out you know and especially if it's a biophotographer whom i i don't know um uh, because um if i'm feeling if i'm feeling dangerous i will just buy a book on youtube uh, a book on youtube a, a book on amazon just because mm-hmm. i like the cover <laughs> <laughs> which is, you know, or, or somebody mentions, or, or something about it intrigues me, and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, uh, so you flick through and, and sort of one or two images will, you know, um, sort of jump out and you sort of spend some time looking at those and then leave it for a little while, you know, maybe a day or two, you go, oh, that's quite nice, and then come back to it hmm. once once you've kind of that initial thing. I, I think if you were to sit down and kind of try and look at each picture, you know, in depth um, off, off the bat, it, it's, it's, it's overwhelmed. It's going to, it's, it's mm -hmm. too much. Um, you know, and, and because there will be certain images that, that resonate with you more than than other people, and you see this all the time. That you know, same as photographers. You know, people say, "I really like this photographer." Um, I I love Ralph uh, Eugene Meatyard, um, but he's an acquired taste, mm -hmm. and other people may not. I can see all the people googling that guy now. Yeah, <laughs> and what about and what about our, <laughs> what about Lartigue? Ah, yes. <laughs> And I'm busting your chops Le, a little bit about that. Latrigue, Le, Le he is he is an he is an intriguing. Because he's latriguing. Yes, he is an intriguing. He is one of those guys that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he um. When I learned his name, or when I first saw him in a book, I just read the word Latrigue as Latrigue, and mm -hmm. it has just stuck <laughs> with me. And and of course, when you when you're talking to a, to a camera. And I'm kind of because uh, I do I do sort of use a, a, a prompt, um, and I'm trying to think about other things. His name just defaults back into the Teague or the Trig. Um, and I was just and I was going through, yeah, and I was going through the edit, and I was just like, oh, you have got to. <laughs> really. <laughs> so I scrubbed through the whole thing. I went, oh, I'm not going to re-record this whole thing. <laughs> but that was that was the the my favorite heartfelt episode uh, that you've done so far, <laughs> and especially because Lart Lartigue, Lartigue. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like the one of my favorite photographers. One. Yeah. He's, oh, his work is, is, oh, is yeah. gorgeous. But yeah. Thumbs up, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, no, no, nothing makes you feel more silly than when you, in front of like 20,000 people, yeah. just yeah. mispronounce one of them. <laughs> no, Next no. we'll be having an episode on... on, on yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's one of your best episodes, and, and, and uh, I think Gord and I did a show on Lartigue. Uh, because he was on his what was his color book or something? We just did a deep dive. Yeah, on him. Artigue but, color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it's, uh, it's, but it's, I, I, do, I do have it. Yeah, it's lovely. But his his uh, the color book. I, I know we're going a little further uh, into the discussion here, but I want to end it on this. But uh, to bring it back to, I uh, watched Ted. Uh, oh God, I'm going to say the wrong name again. Ted Forbes is. Uh, he brought up the uh, uh, Lart, uh, Lartigue's uh, color book, and so that got me inspired. And so, to sort of—that's that, why I bought it. <laughs> yeah, really, yeah. Episode. So to yeah. dovetail it back mm. into that, like this idea of like, you know, if we can share all this information and we can sort of mm. uh, build a sort of uh, uh, gathering snowball of it and, and share it, and, and we're not competing. Um, I highly, I, I highly agree with that. And uh, and for your show. Um, I think it, it. Yeah, I can see that's happening. I can see just by the increase of, of people who are who are watching, and 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 you're getting on people's radar and stuff. So, um, Alex, yeah, I want to yeah. again, without taking up more of your time, I, I want to thank you for um, spending your your uh, time with uh, Ward and I on the show. And can you tell for tell us uh, to the listeners uh, how we can find uh, more about you? Where is your channel, and where can we look up your work? So my channel is is the Photographic Eye on 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 YouTube. 
if if you search for the photographic eye, you'll you'll find it. Um, in regards to my uh, my, uh, my my portrait photography, which is obviously kind of more business related, um, that's Muse Portraits. It says M U S E um, Portraits is uh, is my business side of things. In regards to some of my personal photography online, there isn't too much of it um around I, I have to say i'm one of the things as you mentioned earlier obviously about not really putting too much stuff online is is that i, I tend not to share my, my personal work um mm -hmm. that may change but those are kind of the two the two things if you search for my name which is alex kilby which is k-i-l-b-e-e -E, uh, i'm and certainly as a photographer i'm the only alex kilby in the world more or less which is which is great and uh, um Oh, I've probably said, and that's a good thing, um, you know. But, but yeah, that's kind of if you search me, it's it's there. You'll find a whole bunch of of, of all my um my old deviant art accounts and things, which are <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> probably left, left best left in in, okay. in down there. We'll cut but, this uh, part. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Alex, um, we really we really appreciate you spending your time with us, and and really, uh, I hope we can invite you again on the show because this is the kind of stuff Ward and I like to talk about. You know, now that we've sort of introduced you to our audience and and vice mm -hmm. versa, I hope. Um, yeah, we can yeah. we can have uh, more discussions about photography and, and bring this to the uh, absolutely the, i know. i could sit here all day talking about it, as you probably yeah gathered. me too me too my wife wouldn't like that man she's like are you making you gotta get a job i'm like yeah i gotta do that today <laughs> but anyway uh alex thank you so much and um you know have a great day you know thanks thanks ever so much for thank you been an inspiration thanks, thanks alex. thank you ward I'm, I'm thanks it's been great to talk to you Wow, what a what an exciting uh, discussion with Alex that was. I fell silent a few times because I just wanted to hear the guy talk. You were in so awe. I didn't ask as many questions as, or I wasn't as earnest as I, you know, imagined myself to be. I'm just, I just let the guy talk. Well, you it was know, great. Like with him and with you, I, I'm learning so much. I'm like so glad that you decided to be on the show as a co-host. And I figure I, I I've actually learned a lot from you. And letting him speak, letting Alex talk, meant I was I was getting it more of a chance to learn from him as well, you know. So mm -hmm. it was a sort of a double uh, bonus there. But um, yeah, it was really great to talk to him, and I was really uh, hoping that uh, we can figure out some way to get him on the show again. Yeah, um, because I think that's the kind of uh, photography talk we like. I mean, that's I think Absolutely. part of the point of this show, you know. So you know, kindred spirit certainly with yeah, with Alex absolutely. there. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, was there any question that we didn't we didn't get a chance to ask him, and that we'll have to postpone for the next one? No, I think yeah. I think there'll be you know as we go on, there may be a new questions that'll come up. I think as we come out of COVID and we do this kind of getting back together, and there's you know a pent up demand to have these photo gatherings that we've been talking about. Yeah. Uh, maybe there'll be a new and and he said you know maybe there is a shift that there is a shift for the kind of content he provides. Um, he found his niche um, and it's great and I'm I think we're all better off for it. And he seems yeah. motivated. I think he's got a lot of energy to put into a, yeah. put into that. If he was talking about three of them a week, my goodness. Yeah, I know that's. I mean, just for, uh, you know, like I said, putting out this show twice a month sometimes is a struggle for yeah. me, but. 
But I guess when you're motivated to, to really get your, your voice out there and you have a lot to say, um, mm. then, then that kind of stuff just sort of, uh, you know, it comes very easily. What's, what's really fun is that when we were done with the, uh, the show, I got an instant, um, notification that he had another YouTube video up and <laughs> immediately watched it. Yeah. And I think I was like the first person viewing it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and did it was put first intru- commenter in that. I well, I did because it was a not on the original video. It has a link to a separate video. Okay, and the, this one was geared more towards uh, beginning photographers, so it was covering some of the uh, the like how the camera works and how you get, how do you capture a picture. And then mm. I, I still watch it because I enjoy hearing him speak. And uh, then there was a link to a sort of a little bonus video, which he then talked about sort of the one secret that uh, I won't give it too much away but one thing that kept him back as a photographer and you know mm-hmm. he says we can avoid this you know you'll, you'll you'll save yourself a lot of time and so I I, I uh, commented on that I was the first commenter on that I know that's a thing right you have to be the first commenter on on stuff but um, it was fun to just immediately see him it's like wait a minute I just talked to you yeah no, that's great <laughs> yeah so um and I'm really glad to learn what he, you know, the secret uh, glowing cat in the background. Was, yeah, you know? that was, was. Yeah, I was. I was thinking about it, and then I'm glad you brought it up because I yeah, like, might have I mean, lost been, my nerve. <laughs> I was just thinking about it all the time. I was like, what? and then in this episode that he just put out, it was, he, his body was covering the cat a little, oh. so I couldn't quite see it. I was like, oh, oh man, he I made himself <laughs> conscious. I feel bad now. <laughs> But um, I think, uh, you know, maybe I know that you and I like to talk about books a lot. And that's the thing that he's sort of riffing off on his videos on is, is, is pulling books off of his shelf and, and, and talking about it. And like maybe we might be able to get him and we can do a book thing, you know, yeah, uh, a photo book thing, um, whether we talk about the same book and or something like that. I noticed on the back of his shelf he had the uh, Family of Man, you know, right. Um, right off of his shoulder. I was like, oh, wait, I know that cover because it's such a distinctive colored yeah. cover. And so uh, – you know, maybe we can do something like that. But I would really love to keep him uh, in the loop, uh, you know, in the show, uh, you know, future um, episodes and stuff like yeah. that. Because I think, you know, there's just, I, I think we all have a lot to learn. He said, uh, and he said this multiple times in his show, like, you don't stop learning photography, you know. No. And uh, I always tell my students that when I'm, when I'm doing uh, my online class, I say, you know, I envy you that you're starting photography now. And like, I've been doing it for over 40 years, but like, I don't ever think that I, I never think that I'm finished learning. There's no, no way to stop learning. And so I think that's what I resonated with him a lot was when, when he says stuff like that. So yeah. but, he also uh, said nothing is original too, which I also, once you get that through your head, so now you're free. Yeah. You know, if you, you want to, um, uh, Oh, now I know a question I didn't ask him. What? Uh, emulate versus inspir- uh, inspiration versus emulation. Yeah. That was in one of his one of his later videos too. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I. We'll hold that. We'll, for the we'll hold one. that one for the next yeah. one. And maybe he'll he'll uh, listen to us and say, "Oh, I should do an episode just on that." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Just a little but, behind. Uh, yeah. Uh. So. Yeah, I'd say that's it. Well, it's a long show, but uh, let's let's keep it under two hours. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know we could probably talk some more about photography, but uh, I wanted to uh, leave something for the next episode. So, uh, uh, Ward, where can everybody find uh, information about you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Ward Rosen Fine Art. Uh, I've got a website. Um, Mark Ryerson and I are selling our rodeo book at rosen.ca, R-O-S-I-N.ca. 
And I have a little uh, photo business called Ornus Photo, O R N I S. Which is sponsoring the show, by the way. sponsoring the show. <laughs> that's, a, oh, that's right. An unofficial sponsor. Unofficial, yeah. yeah. And we're um, going to bring Where in a shipment at? of new stuff um, in June. Um, it's at Ornus.photo, O R N I S.photo. Okay. And what are you getting in June? Uh, we're getting a shipment of new uh, of new equipment of mostly lenses. All right. Uh, seven R Designs lenses. Oh. There's right. some new ones. Yeah. There's a little UFO uh, 18 millimeter 5.6 that's just, you know, just a thing oh, that see, yeah. fits. It's like a lens cap. Oh, okay. Lens cap right. thing. They're oh, very I think popular. I've seen that one. Yeah, I think I've seen that one. Uh, I different know. manufacturers make a version of it. Uh, uh-huh. it's, just a, it's just a thing to try out, and it's going to be very reasonably priced, so... All right. The buyer's All right. remorse will be on the lower end of the of the scale. Well, I I and I can't really buy anything at the moment, but uh, I'll see what I can sell. <laughs> I'm looking around like, what can I sell here? So buy another lens because I think that's where I'm at now. I got to start selling yeah. stuff. Blood, I've been, I've been shooting blood. enough to warrant yeah. buying uh, new equipment, but uh, that's true. I don't know. Yeah. I, uh, actually, well, I wonder what Alex would have thought about when I showed the lens hangover. <laughs> I mean, not about gear. <laughs> Yeah, not only about gear, but like you know, like Alex, you know, I just did a whole we did a whole show about how many freaking lenses I bought during the pandemic. We were yeah. like, hmm, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, changing the but, subject. Yeah, well, thanks for Ornus Photo uh, uh, supporting the show uh, unofficially. Yeah, and uh, great. Uh, and yeah, for me, it's Am Rosario at Twitter. Um, Instagram, uh, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Rosario Photo, and uh, yeah, just drop us a line on the website at streetshots.photography, if you, and, and drop some comments if you want to see more of uh, Alex or, or have us on the show, or just any anybody, if there's anybody that uh, you'd like us to try to get in touch with, uh, we're trying to find more guests, I think we have a, we have a pretty decent list, but uh, yeah, so um, that's it, cool, that's it. Uh, thanks for thanks for hanging out uh, Ward getting up early to talk to uh, to Alex. No problem. It's my pleasure. It was a great talk. All right. And uh, we'll see everybody on the next show. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. <laughs>